Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, yes, we are just a few minutes late for the 370th episode of the Focus Society of Overachievers. We've got some of our always uh, regular guests with us today, Lori Polina in St. Louis. Uh, guest six was with us, just left. Uh, Roy Morris and Amarillo and Gerara King. We were just listening to Gerara tell us uh, about the fact that he is uh, one of the many thousands of people living in Atlantic City and along the eastern seaboard. Uh, the building that he was living in, his apartment building, has a good chance of being condemned as of today. And uh, he had a choice of living in the uh, shelter or staying in the building without heat or electricity, and he had elected to do that. But now he might be thinking about heading back to Washington, D.C. So uh, it's not just Gerara King, our good friend, but there's literally thousands of people whose lives have been changed dramatically and probably will stay changed dramatically for a long time who do live on the eastern seaboard and suffered the wrath of Hurricane Sandy. And uh, that in itself is an interesting scenario. Uh, it's just amazing how man, in his uh, uh, pompous, egotistical position, uh, uh, has answers for things that uh, are just totally beyond man's control. Anyway, I will, I, I personally, observing the prelude to the storm, I do have to say that money well spent has been in our, uh, if you want to call it forecasting or warning systems. Uh, Most of us who had access to radio and television several days, a week before the storm hit, we were all given a blow-by-blow description, pictures exactly what was happening out in the ocean, and uh, you could just about figure what time, what minute the storm was going to hit where you lived. Interestingly, because they are very inefficient, as we have been learning in the book, The Outwitting the Devil, governments who are supported by the people who work for a living, uh, we, we pour money into a system so that when these anomalies happen, when these tragedies happen, uh, Hopefully, the governments can do something to help alleviate those pockets of people who who have suffered tremendously. Isn't it amazing that knowing that this storm was going to hit several weeks in advance, or at least a week in advance, just about knowing what day, that many of the governments, city, county, and state, well, in this case, I'm going to go uh, cities, did not plan on extra water, and things of this nature. Isn't it amazing that private businesses such as Walmart and Home Depot and places like that, with their ability to have a what we call logistics in place, the trucks of extra material were already on the road prior to the storm even hitting 
to move product from one part of the country to the other where it will be needed in, in, in a, a, a greater than normal consumption rate. And yet, the, quote, governments did little or nothing to plan to that detail. Is it the difference of, are, are the people that are involved in government really drifters? <laughs> And, and if uh, those of you who are listening for the first time, the word drifter is predominant in the book Outwitting the Devil. Drifters are people that the devil has an opportunity to control. And uh, if you go back into our previous episodes, the last uh, couple of months, you'll find out uh, what how the devil defines drifters. And uh, we left off last week talking about page 168 in this controversial book written in 1938, published in 2011. Um, it's uh, uh, probably Napoleon Hill's best, and it was hidden for so long because it is controversial. Uh, I guess, uh, oh, Gerard hung up. Well, he must something must have happened to him. Um, Napoleon Hill asked the devil, what good is a school credit if one cannot convert it into material or spiritual needs of life? And the devil says, I'm only a devil, not an unwinder of riddles. I deduce from all you say that neither the schools nor the churches prepare the youths of the world with a practical working knowledge of their own minds. Is anything of more importance to a human being than the understanding of the forces and circumstance which influence his own mind? Now, we've got Lori is the only person live on the call today. Lori, do you remember in school which wasn't too long ago for you. Can you remember any emphasis in school about how to enhance the working knowledge of your mind? No, um, because we, my generation, unlike yours, Chuck, was not taught, um, was not taught the, um, shall I say, the the ability to challenge the teacher. The teacher was the the authoritative and answer, and you um, you spit back the, the facts and figures that re- re- were Regurgitate the facts that they feel are the facts. Right. You regurgitated, you spit back to them the facts that they pushed at you as being the correct, the correct, um, answer to the to what they wanted you to say regarding the issue. So, so, so another. I mean, so basically, what you're saying is you're an example of what really bothered Napoleon Hill in 1938. Exactly. Is is that is that we're developing a system, and and he's of course talking to the devil, who he, we can assume is in charge of this system. You see, um, about the. Right. That's why this group has meant so much to me because I've learned now that one should be able to question, which one should be able to say, "Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, who who says that, that? Why do you feel that? You know, <laughs> as an aside, I listened to an interview. Shirley and I listened to a an interview last night of, of a radio program. You know, the call-in talk shows. This young man has a talk show from Oregon. And obviously, most of the talk shows, the focus has been the political arena. And the caller 
read off a litany. I mean, he, he, the words were heard by you know so many times over and over again. It's, it's, it's again, I want to call it the regurgitated pap. And all the moderator said is, "Okay, can you back that up with any fact? Can you give me dates and times or quotes to substantiate the statement that you said?" And, and I'm going to give. And I will bet that that caller went. Uh, no, no, the uh, caller kept regurgitating the stuff because that's where his his mind was nothing more than a robot. You see what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and what was amazing is is and, and the, uh, I think the moderator was very nice. He said, "Well, okay, just share with us. Give me proof where that person lied." You see what I mean? And he couldn't do it. Well, he just said, "Well, he lied." Well, that, that's just like me saying that. Well, I'm looking outside right now, and the sky is red. And I'm on the telephone, and you're on the telephone, and people are listening to us, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, my sky is red. <laughs> okay? Are you supposed to believe that? You know. uh, well, you, I mean, am I supposed to believe it? I, I have to go on what you say you're seeing unless I have any other way of proving it otherwise. So. Okay, what's, what would be interested in, in my point, I think, is that if I say the sky is red, and that is something that's not normal, <clears throat> you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's when we want to start to uh, put our uh, two cents in. You see what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's when you should want to go... Wait a minute. A wait a minute. Guy, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Why would the sky be right? Is there a fire up? Right. Uh, is there a fire near you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think this is the problem: is that most of us today just accept the fact that somebody says the sky is red, and we just go, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, how nice." <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's go back here. The only the devil answers. Uh, is there anything more important to a human being than the understanding of the forces and circumstances which influence the mind, his own mind? The devil says the only thing of enduring value to any human being is a working knowledge of his own mind. The churches do not permit a person to inquire about the possibilities of his own mind, and the schools do not recognize that such a thing as a mind exists. That's a pretty damning statement right there. It was Napoleon Hill's opinion, because obviously he's writing as the devil, right? And the schools, I mean, I hope nobody listening to this program believes that Napoleon Hill was actually sitting across the table uh, consorting with the devil. I mean, if you do, that's fine. I mean, that's wonderful. But uh, I think there's... The schools do not recognize that such a thing as a mind exists, and this was written in 1938. Napoleon Hill turns around and says, well, aren't you a little hard on the schools and the churches? And the devil says, no. I am merely describing them as they are without bias or prejudice. Aren't the schools and the churches your bitter enemies? Their leaders may think they are, but I am pressed only by facts. The truth is, if you must know it, The churches are my most helpful allies, and the schools run the churches a close second. How do you make this statement? What grounds do you have to make this statement? On the grounds that both the churches and the schools help me to convert people 
to the habit of drifting. And my gosh, listeners today, tomorrow, and in the future, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I have been appalled by what I've taken a few minutes uh, some days to watch interviews of the, quote, man on the street when asked questions about something that is most, should be of most importance to them, and that's their ability to live free, their ability to understand the control they should and could have in their own government and the ridiculous lack of any knowledge about how this system works by countless hundreds of people of all age groups and all ethnicities was appalling. I'm sorry. I'm only 70 years old, but I can't believe what I heard people say in public on television how they answered questions. And the thing that amazes me is today with all the technology, you know, in my day, you had books to read and newspapers to read. I remember when we got our first television and we all sat around looking at a little tiny screen that was black and white. And you've all seen the old kinescopes that, you know, the quality was very poor. And today, the fact that we have access to all the knowledge See, access to the knowledge, and we can take the time to research the facts. This is available to almost everybody, rich or poor, instantaneously. And, and, and I, I would just be appalled if somebody had, had the audacity to say the poor doesn't have access to this. When I walk down the street and see just about everybody with a cell phone, I understand the government gave away free cell phones. So I, 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 I just can't imagine somebody not being informed today, somebody not being able to know the truth, the both sides of, of, of a discussion, of a controversy. Take the time and energy to research. Guest date, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to type in who you are and where you're from, we'll uh, give you some recognition. So the devil said, the churches and schools help me to convert people into the habit of drifting, and I believe he's done a damn good job. The schools and churches have done a damn good job of creating a lot of drifters today. Napoleon Hill says, do you realize that your charge is substantially a sweeping indictment of two institutions of major importance which have been responsible for civilization in its present form? <laughs> do I realize it? Man alive! I gloat over it. If the schools and churches had taught people how to think for themselves, where would I be now? Again, think about the power, the impact of that statement. The devil says, if schools and churches had allowed people, taught people how to think for themselves, where would I be now? Where would the devil be? This confession of yours will delusion millions of people whose only hope for salvation is their churches. Isn't that a cruel thing to do to them? Wouldn't most people be better off living in the bliss of ignorance than to know the truth about you? What do you mean, term salvation? From what are, you, what are your people being saved? The only form of enduring salvation that is worth a green fig any human being is that which comes from the recognition of the power of his own mind. Ignorance and fear are only enemies 
from which men need salvation. My gosh, we learned, or at least I learned when I was a young boy, that I'm born in the image and likeness of greatness. Well, if I'm born in the image and likeness of greatness, then and I have a free will. That's what differentiates me from from the animals, the rest of the rest of the animals uh, and plants and all other life on Earth. Why would I want the devil to take control of me? I mean, you know, I, I just don't understand it. And, and the devil's agreeing with with Napoleon Hill there. I mean, Napoleon Hill's you know saying the same thing I did. The recognition of the power of his own mind. I had a call from a young lady that I'm starting to work with. She lives in Texas. She has a wonderful idea. She called me a, a month ago. She was referred by another client. I'm going to share her story briefly. She, she's a nurse, a very highly qualified nurse. She runs two different nursing departments for a major hospital in Texas. She's dedicated to her job, although she has had a dream Okay, catch this. She's had a dream in her mind for a couple of years. And I'm going to share the dream with it. She's a fan of, of the, the practice of yoga. And into this, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, don't know all the facts of yoga and all this, but I understand what it is. And she also has to have an affinity to horses. And her dream is to build a ranch in Colorado. She just bought some land in Colorado. And she wants to build a ranch and have that focused. Her business would be blending yoga, having retreats that are horse-oriented in the practice of yoga. Because, of course, as I've mentioned in the past, and many of you know, my son is a horse trainer. And I watched my son work as a young boy out in the herd of horses. And I know that the reason my son is successful in developing a relationship with a horse that is mutually beneficial to both parties, <laughs> that's a polite way of saying he does it right, uh, is because he actually uses things that, that you might say are mystical. Okay, No, he's not a horse whisperer. It's tough work, but it takes patience, and it takes the ability to show gratitude, because without gratitude, you can't get anywhere with a 1,200-pound animal, okay? And again, man has the free will, so what we have to do is take our free will and use that as the power to let that dumb animal know what it is that we expect out of that animal in such a way that the animal's tickled to death to do it. The animal loves to work, and believe it or not, that's what we used to have. I mean, he does now, but when we all live together at the ranch, our horses love to work. Our dogs love to work, man. They, if you slept in, they'd get mad. I had a Tennessee walker that in his 30s would just throw a hissy fit if you didn't ride him every day. Because he just loved to do it. He loved to perform. This is the way our kids should be. They should love to be going to school. What this weekend stuff, ladies and gentlemen? Why can't we go to school seven days a week? You know, I, I may be nuts, but I remember I did not like summertime too much. It would give me a chance to make a lot of money when I was a teenager. My kids love summertime. Do they? <laughs> yeah. That's good. My my little guy said yesterday though he said he said 
I want to go to school tomorrow. I want, to, but it, he doesn't want to do it for the subjects. He he wants to go to school uh, to see his buds. Yeah, that's good socializing. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. It's Getting like, back to Napoleon Hill, he said to the devil, "You seem to hold nothing sacred." The devil says, "You are wrong. I hold sacred the one thing which is my master." The one thing I fear. And Napoleon Hill says, what is that? And the devil fears mostly the power of independent thought backed by definiteness of purpose. Those of you listening to this program for the first time, those of you listening tomorrow, the next day, or in the future, episode 370 of the Focus Society of Overachievers, to me, if you like quotes, if you like to put things on your wall, Jot this down. Or, better yet, get a copy of the book. Go to bestbusinessmindset.com slash devil and order your own copy of Outwitting the Devil, written in 1938, published in 2011. The thing the devil fears most is the power of independent thought backed by definiteness of purpose. The point Hill then says, then you do not have many people to fear? And isn't this interesting? The devil says only two out of every hundred to be exact. I control all the others. The devil, according to Napoleon Hill in 1938, is saying that he controls 98% of the population of the world. And let me ask you this question. Has anybody who's involved in, quote, marketing, uh, what, what do you call is it, what is this called, network marketing stuff? And I keep reading statistics that 98% of the people who go into MLM businesses fail. It's because they never got rid of the devil. They never looked in the mirror. They never developed belief in what they do. They never had a definiteness of purpose. And they never able to have an independent thought. They have been brought up and raised with regurgitation, and therefore the dummy above them, who knows very little also, is trying to tell them how they can, you know, two will get you two and three will get you three and all this other crap that works if you have definiteness of purpose and the power of independent thought. It, 2%. The devil right now, in 1938, Napoleon Hill says 2% out of, two, two out of every hundred have learned to throw off the yoke and the shackles of the devil. You read the Small Business Administration. 90% of businesses fail within the first year. Blah, blah, blah. All these statistics, these mathematic idiots. Okay? Is it because the devil has control? I'll leave you to answer that. Napoleon Hill says, let's give the churches a rest and get back to public schools. Your confession has shown clearly that you thrive and perpetuate yourself from one generation to the other by the clever trick of taking over the minds of children before they have a chance to learn their, use, their, their minds. I wish to know what's wrong with the public school system that permits the devil to control so many people. I wish to know also what can be done to the established system of teaching that will ensure children the opportunity to learn. The devil says, wait a minute while I catch my breath. You have given me quite an order. It seems strange that you would come to the devil to learn how to live. I would think you would go to my opposition. Why don't you? Your majesty, 
It is you who are on trial here, not I. I want the truth. I'm not particular as to the source from which I get it. I want to know two things about this system. First, what is the major weakness of the school system? Second, how can this weakness be eliminated? Well, the devil says you leave me no choice but that of a direct answer. To begin with, the public school system approaches the subject of education from the wrong angle. The school system endeavors to teach children to memorize facts of teaching them how to use their own minds. Now, here's where I'm going to make a statement without going any further. There is one aspect of knowledge that in my mind, is best ingrained in your mind. And it's something that you don't have to think about because it is a law, and that's the mathematical law of numbers. And I personally see nothing wrong with the memorization of the multiplication tables if in the beginning of the system someone is shown why it works and how it works. Two times two is four. What does that mean? Let me explain to you what it means, 2 times 2 is 4, but it's much better once you understand how I got to 4 by multiplying, the word multiply, what does that mean, into, what you know, that's division, equals 4. And 4 times 4 is 16, and, and so on, okay? Memorization up to, I, I believe, 15, 20, 20, you know, 15 is sufficient, you know. Uh, multiplication up to 12 should be memorized because they become part of it. And believe it or not, adults who have that so implanted in top of mind awareness that it can't ever go away, you know, save a stroke or something of that nature. I remember when I lost my, my memory after my heart attack. It took four or five, five, six months to get back uh, into remembering phone numbers and simple things. That, you know, it took a while, yes. But it all came back because it was there in my subconscious. It would not go away. But if you're in business, if you're functioning, if you're going to the super, to the, the, the grocery store, you know you got a $100 bill in your pocket, you better start using memorized math. You don't need a machine to pretty much come up to an estimate of the fact that your grocery basket has this in it, and that's pretty close to being 100 bucks. It's just part of life. It's survival. I believe that we can memorize that. It is important to know the basic function of why we got there. And that's what a good teacher can do. But to, I was chided for taking a nephew who was living with it. We were raising a nephew. And this young boy was supposedly slow. He wasn't slow. We found out that he couldn't see. So we got him some eyeglasses, and all of a sudden the kid wasn't slow. Okay? But being a mean uncle that I was, and I made him work in the pig barn after he came home from school. How tragic. He did love the pigs, though. And I sat down with him every evening, and we drilled the times tables, okay? Well, he went to school one day because he was mad at me because I wouldn't let him do something. And I don't know, he was kind of mopey, I guess. And he, this little teacher, she must have been like all of 25, 26 years old. And, uh, you know, what's the matter with you, dear? And she, he says, well, my uncle made me stay up late memorizing the math, blah, 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 blah. Well, he was a ward of the court. We were raising him at no cost to any, anybody else, but, you know, it, we enjoyed doing it. But, you know, he was, quote, an abandoned child, okay? So, I get a phone call. 
school psychologist and teacher. I have to meet them at this school. So I stop what I'm doing out in my field, and I go to school, and I sit down, and, oh, no, excuse me, I'm wrong. I didn't receive a phone call. I received a letter. And this was the thing that fractured me. The letter was the most incoherent, had more grammatical problem, more grammatical mistakes in it, and the spelling was atrocious, and it was written by the teacher. Okay? So I carry this letter off to me, and we meet at 10 o'clock. And I was told that it is not proper for me to force this child to memorize his math tables because that's not the way they do it today. And we won't go any further as to what eventually happened in that conversation. Basically what happened, the teacher did not have a job about four or five months later because we have a very tight school district that runs a little differently than that. Anyway, uh, but there was nothing wrong with this boy. And you know what? He's now deceased, unfortunately. But one of the things that he always said to me, growing as an adult and having children of his own, he said, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you pushed me into doing that. Now, the other things he thought for himself, and he made some mistakes. He made some big mistakes, but he did think for himself. He made his mistakes thinking about it. The devil says... Go ahead, Lori. That's like I... I um, have been tracing back some of my problems in math. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found was not with the memorization of the, of the multiplication tables, but one of my big areas I found the other day, one of my big building blocks was factorization. Uh-huh. Okay. And you ought to, you would have laughed if you'd have seen me, but... It was it was pathetic because it's taken me until I'm 44 years old, something that I should have grasped in fourth grade. Uh huh. And I finally come, came to understand that all it was was a process of reverse division. Yep. That's <laughs> and there you I go. began to laugh. Yeah. Just just I mean it was just, I was like oh my god I mean it's this. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, hello, I should have understood this when I was nine, and I'm 44. It's like, oh, my God. But but you know know the beautiful thing about this story, Lori, is that you know it now. (laughs) I do, but it was, (laughs) all I could do was shake my head and go. (laughs) Right. No, that's great. That's great. I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 I've listened to you now for four or five years, and it's just amazing to me uh, the things that you, you know, you develop the warrior goddess, and and you're, you're, you know, you, but see, you've done these things. This is the thing that's important. You've done them. Your next door neighbor didn't do them for you. Your husband didn't do them for you. Your mother and father didn't do them for you. You did it. No, and, exactly. In fact, my mother and father, when I was in university. Chuck, I got ridiculed mm-hmm. by my own parents. Yep. No. I I was called. Um, people would say, <clears throat> would have a question about something, and and they'd say, "Oh, go ask Miss College. She yes. she knows all the answers." Oh yeah. Well, they 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 were a little jealous of you, you know. So that's that's I, very true. I finally I've taken the notice. I've taken the notion that I want to be able to help my daughter as she progresses into some of the higher level maths. Well, mm-hmm. I'm like, but the problem is I can't do that because uh, I'm lousy at math. Okay, well, if I'm lousy at math, 
It's because I've got some I've got some building blocks that weren't in place right. that I'm gonna need in place. You know, Lori, can I can that. I can I offer a suggestion? What? Find there are today brilliant young people. Uh and I, I would go to the advanced, uh, you know, they have what they call gifted student classes in many schools. I, all of our kids were gifted. I mean, I thought, I mean, I think all kids are, are gifted. But anyway, uh, if you go to those and find someone who has a propensity for math, you can look at, because a lot of them are very involved in tutoring. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And And it might be worth, because they might be able to help you Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, help your daughter. It's just a thought. Well, and that that is a good angle. What I've what I've been doing to try to take action is I've found an online resource that's self paced. Okay, learning, very good. Self paced learning, and that's where I was working through some things on factorization the other night, and I just um, not too long ago. Um, and I just I began to laugh when I realized I had that I'd finally figured out one of the big a big building block that I had missed there, and I just I began to laugh because it's like you mean it was this stupidly simple, right? Right. It is. It is funny, isn't it? <laughs> and it's taken me decades later than I should have had the grasp of it to get a hold right. of it, but now I finally have. It's it's just it's like. And then I, you read this stuff about the public schools in Napoleon Hill, and you go, "Oh my God!" Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, do you see now why this book was not published? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's amazing, isn't it? It is because I mean, you'd think that the teachers would be the ones that really want the students to learn. Oh, there are, there, there and, are. Well, and I, and I know that. there are there are a few, and I know I I have a language arts instructor from junior high who's a, who's dear friend of mine who I I just got back in contact with recently, and I told her I said you know you're one of the few that believed in me and that that never gave up on me <clears throat> that really wanted to see me succeed. Right. Well, you know, it, 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 this this topic, and, and we're not going to finish it today because I'm looking at the clock here, but Napoleon Hill says, is that all that's wrong with the system? When the devil said the school system endeavors to teach children to memorize facts, and this is, before we go any further, whose facts are they, ladies and gentlemen? We have revisionist history all over the place today. Whose facts are they? It's just like this so-called climate change. There's no facts behind that. It's totally fact-unbased, doctored interest. I mean, the scientists I know, the ones that I've respected now for the last 50, 60 years, know. I mean, that's a we Anyway, we're not going to go there. Facts. No, this is only the beginning. Another major weakness of the school system, it does not establish in the minds of children either the importance of definiteness of purpose or make any attempt to teach youths how to be definite about anything. The major object of all schooling is to force students to cram their memories with facts, again, whose facts, 
instead of teaching them how to organize and make practical use of facts. You know how the, you know how the nephew really learned how, how, how his math tables? I gave him money and told him, I want you to go buy some pigs at the auction. Have any of you been at a, at a livestock auction? It's fast-paced. You better know. You better guesstimate. You've got to learn to estimate. Size up. How big is that pig? How much money do you have? You've got to listen intently to the auctioneers. Where is he? 50 cents a pound, 60, 65, 77, 75, 80, 85. If you know you've got a 100-pound pig, you've got $100, you better not go over a dollar. But the pig may be 120 pounds. And and so part of part of education is also to learn how to estimate. Believe it or not, estimation is very important. We'll get into that in a second. Go back to Napoleon Hill's uh, The Sixth Sense. To force students to cram their memories with facts instead of teaching them how to organize and make practical use of facts. This cramming system centers the attention of students on the accumulation of credits but overlooks the important questions of how to use knowledge in the practical affairs of life. Anybody listening to this program today, tomorrow, in the future, did you ever remember a time in high school when you were taught how to balance a checkbook, when you were taught how to live within a budget, when you were taught how to not use credit? (laughs) I don't think there's any generations that I can think of in the last 50 years that were taught in high school anything about the practical side of life. How about cooking? You know, they used to, I don't know, I, I don't even know if there's still cooking classes, but I remember, you know, in those days, God forbid, when most of the cooking class was girls, because at that time, God forbid, most of the women chose to, you know, cook. I love to cook, personally. That's why we had restaurants. You know, I was the boss of the kitchen, okay? Yeah, my daughter still has, um, at their school, it's home ec is known as family and consumer science. Family and consumer. And I wonder, do they teach them anything about shopping? Do they teach them the fact that if you buy a, a packaged dinner, that you're paying two to three times more for garbage compared to going down to the fresh produce department, picking up a turnip, a rutabaga, a few carrots? An onion, some potatoes, not the bag of potatoes, but pick out one or two potatoes. You put it all together, you got $2 worth of merchandise. You go over and you buy a little piece of meat. You go home and you cut it, cook it, spice it up a little bit, and you've got a meal. Or do you go down and buy this can of stew? Yeah, No, they don't teach them that. They, they teach them how to do some cooking and make a pillow or whatever, no, that's, um, that's sewing. Cool. But, but well, what, what are they teaching them how to cook? Um, they've taught them how to do, uh, some different things, uh, everything from breads and pasta. Oh, good. Okay. To veggies. And my, my daughter recently made us a dish that she had done, um, with her class last year for teacher appreciation day. It was a veggie, uh, type dish with, with some garlic and some other oh, spices. Oh, that sounds cool. It it was it was very good. Yeah. I, You're making me was, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, she the dish that she turned out would have made you hungry, Chuck. It right. it had cauliflower and broccoli Ooh. and carrots and yeah, we had and corn and garlic and. Uh, okay, send me the recipe. Send me the recipe. Send me the recipe. <laughs> we eat. 
The devil says that this cramming system centers the attention of students on the accumulation of credits, but overlooks the important question of how to use knowledge in the practical affairs of life. This system turns out graduates whose names are inscribed upon parchment certificates, but whose minds are empty of self-determination. The school system got off to a bad start at the beginning. The schools began as institutions of higher learning operated entirely for the select few whose wealth and family entitled them to education. Thus, the entire system was evolved by beginning at the top, working back down to the bottom. It's no wonder the system neglects to teach children the importance of definiteness of purpose when the system itself has literally evolved through indefiniteness. Well, Napoleon Hill now obviously asked the question, what would correct this weakness? Let's not complain of the weakness unless we are prepared to offer a practical remedy with which it can be corrected. In other words, while we are discussing the importance of definiteness of plan and purpose, let us take our own medicine and be definite. Well, the devil says, why don't you lay off the schools and churches and save yourself plenty of trouble? Don't you know that you are poking your nose into the affairs of the two forces that control the world? Suppose you do show up the schools and the churches as being weak and inadequate for the needs of human beings. What then? With what are you going to replace these two institutions? Now here the devil's asking Napoleon Hill instead of Napoleon Hill asking the devil. Stop trying to evade my question by the old trick of asking counter questions. I do not propose to replace the schools or churches, but I do propose to find out if I can, how these organized forces can be modified so they will serve people. Serve people instead of giving them ignorance. You know what? We're going to stop there, and we're going to find out next week from page 174 what the devil's answer is on how to improve the basis of education as we know it today and how to take the wonderful organizations as we know of churches. I'm not saying religion now. you know. I, I'm not saying belief in the creator. We're talking about churches which are organized by men in most cases. We'll talk about that next week. Gerard is back with us. I hope you're going to have make some decisions that are to your benefit this week, Gerard. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, yeah, I was on the whole time. I just had it on mute. Okay. Obama is going to steal the election. You think so? I've been saying it for a year. Nobody's listening. They think they can all just run down and vote for Mitt Romney. My friend in Mississippi sent me an email. He said he voted for Romney. Yeah. And it came up two votes for Obama, and he asked the poll worker, and they said it was a malfunction. All kind of tricks are going on. Yeah, I, I, I heard this morning that they did, uh, I think it was in Ohio, they came up to three machines at a polling place was when you pushed the lever for somebody else, it all came up the same. <laughs> so they obviously had to stop the machines. You know, they, uh, they may catch some of them. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, all I can say to our friends today is uh, November 6th. It is the first Tuesday of November in the fourth year, which we determined by our Constitution is the length of a term of office of the President of the United States. 
the citizens today are going to choose what direction they want the history of this country to continue. We can continue into a lack of freedom, the loss of all freedoms established by our founders, uh, the, the lack of innovation. We can continue to become slaves, as we have become enslaved most recently in the last 20, 30 years, based on government machinations in most cases. So if we want to continue to be enslaved, that's our choice. We're going to stay with the people that are in office today. If we want to try to steer this massive ship onto a different course, we're going to have to make a change. Brad and I voted absentee, and we voted Romney. Well, well, the interesting thing is the reason that things might happen the way Gerara said is that people no longer have a definiteness of purpose. They no longer realize the power of their own mind, and they're perfectly willing to be dictated to, because it's exactly what you have. You have a group in office today, both the Senate, the House, and in the presidency, whose job in their mind is to dictate to you what kind of fuel you're going to burn, what kind of car you're going to drive, and what kind of food you're going to eat, because they know better than you. The problem is, this costs a heck of a lot more money than it would if it was handled on an individual basis, and therefore... The power of capital that we knew, that I knew as a kid when I could buy the bike I wanted with the money that I earned and nobody told me I couldn't go to work because I was too young. I had the opportunity to work. I had the opportunity to go to school. I had the opportunity to do it. I had the opportunity to fail. Isn't that great? You know, when our baseball team lost, we lost. Tough break, man. You do better next time. When I lost money in my business ventures, tough break, man. You do better next time. That's the kind of decisions we're making today. It'll be interesting to see what the results are. I have a belief that this will drag on for weeks. Lawsuits are already stacked up, ready to go. Uh, I have beliefs in my mind. I believe that none of this will affect me at my age that much, but my great-grandchildren. If the, if the government continues on the path that it is going, my great-grandchildren will never have any of the opportunities that I did growing up and becoming an adult. They will never know the freedom that I did growing up and enjoying this great country. And that's why my parents came to this country, is to enjoy that. They didn't have to. The only reason they came here, as I said before, is they refused to pledge allegiance to a new government that took over our country. And our family had lived in that country since the 1100s. And my grandfather was a proud man, and he said, I don't need to bow down and pledge allegiance to you. Adios, MF. He came to this country, bought a house, got a job, left my grandmother and my dad and my uncle there for a year, brought them back to this, brought them to this country. I'm glad they did, because I'm here. <laughs> I'm wondering how many of us might to uh, leave the country. Well, there isn't many places to go. That's that's the problem, Lori. That's the one thing that most people don't realize is the freedoms that this country were founded on, whether or not we're going to be able to keep them. I mean, you know, where else can you go? Because this world government idea is really taking over. Well, you know, every time, every time Romney goes somewhere, it's like 
over 30,000 people. Yeah. And then uh, when Obama goes somewhere, it might be like 1,000 to 2,000. Yeah. But they've got the power. He, he could never win a fair election. No, no, no. But anybody... <laughs> Anybody who votes for him is only because of media programming. That's that's exactly it. See, they have no definiteness of purpose. So somebody used the school systems properly. Hey guys, I got to run. It's time to go. We're going to talk to you next week, and we're going to find out what the devil's answer. Guest nine, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, the program will be downloadable for total listening in just a few moments, probably ten fifteen minutes after we hang up. Uh, join us live with a telephone next week. We're glad you're here, Guest 5. I want to thank Gerard King, who will probably soon be leaving his no power, <laughs> no electricity, uh, nothing in his apartment. He, he, he didn't want to go live in the uh, uh, shelter. So, But now they're going to condemn the building, so Gerard may have to move back to Washington, D.C. Gerard, uh, I know that you're a tough guy, and you're going to handle your problems very well. Lori, thank you very much, and Guest 9, thank you very much. Uh, by the way, everybody, if you're on the social media, those listening today, tomorrow, in the future, why don't you share this program with people? Uh, you can go to you know, focussociety.com, grab the link, share it with people, tell them to listen to episode 370. Thank you all very much. Talk to you later. This is Chuck Bartok from the banks of the Sacramento River, not telling you to go out and have a good day because you know what? There is no alternative. Just have a good day. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.